Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all basketball info, stats, news, and scores. You can get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's NBA playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters for every season. And we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. That's basketball, MLB, NHL, right into UFC and boxing. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action and be sure to use our promo code believe to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And that is B-L-E-A-V at betonline.ag where the game starts. Campbell in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown honor. Touchdown honor. A They're not keeping this buck off this field tonight. 100 yards. Can you believe it? I still can't believe it. Now presenting Believe in Everything Auburn with your hosts, Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. I'm Taylor Davis. He is, of course, Jason Campbell, and we're back, baby. And we're back with one heck of an intro. Jay and I didn't listen to it when we recorded, but I am going to put it in in editing. And so I just have to acknowledge how cool it is. Shout out to T-Will, Travis Williams, for dropping that epic song back in the day so that we could all now be inspired by it all these years later. But welcome in, everybody. It's been a minute since we last talked, and as expected, Plenty to catch up on. Transfers, draft recap, baseball and softball updates. A lot's been happening. So we're glad that you've joined us. Your girl's been on, uh, honestly, like a 10-day escapade across the country for weddings and bachelorettes. And I have two more in front of me the next two weeks. So that's definitely been my life lately, but enjoying it. But all that to say, we are back on the podcast and appreciate everyone being flexible with our schedule. Um, little housekeeping. Obviously, we weren't able to do an episode last week because of travel. This week and next also include travel. So we will be doing one episode a week this week and next. We'll be on both YouTube and audio so you can get us anywhere. But just wanted to give an update on that. Speaking on updates, Jay, catch me up. I mean, here I am mumbling about weddings over here, and I happen to know that you've been playing a hell of a lot of golf. So catch us up on your last week. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot of golf. I would probably say minimum golf. I don't I don't count tournaments as playing actual golf because you can lose your golf swing playing in tournaments because you're playing scramble. So you're taking the best shot. So okay. when somebody else hit a good shot, they're usually like, okay, let me get up here and just bomb power this uh. thing. <laughs> the next day, you know, your back's tight, your hips hurt. And they, that's how you go to course to play for real. Your swing's all messed up. So oh. that's why I say I'm not playing a lot of real golf. Okay. I'm playing tournament golf. Okay. And, you know, so to each his own. I'm happy to be out there. You know, it, it, it is fun. You know, you, it's you not know, a bad way to spend your day. Golf. Yeah, but it's hard to be eat right when you're out there because true when you're in tournaments it's food on every other hole so mm-hmm. you know it's been fun i will say this though 
there's been a lot happening, Taylor, since there you've has. been in the other atmosphere. There has <laughs> been the the NFL draft has come and gone. Yep. Uh, we have picked up the transfer report. Our football team looks completely different from when it left in the spring. Yep. Basketball has gone through a lot of changes. They've lost some players, yep. uh, gaining some players. Baseball is got on a hot streak and, you know, just beat the number one team in the country series mm-hmm. this past weekend. Before that, they beat the number two team in the country series past weekend. And then women's softball is in Arkansas right now, getting ready mm-hmm. for the SEC tournament. And they have been on a hot street. They're number three seed in that tournament. Woo. Um, and then golf regionals is at Auburn University coming up. So yep. there's a lot going on. And if it I miss really somebody, is. I'm sorry. You know, I don't no. know tennis or Quaker is <laughs> over with. They just, you know, finished second nationally. But yeah, you know. A lot going on. Sports never sleeps is basically what we're trying to say. Even though we took a week off, a lot happened and we're here to unpack all of it for you. So let's dive in. You mentioned the draft happening. So let's go ahead and start with that. Um, Obviously, we kind of gave you our predictions and expectations for our Auburn guys. And now we can give you the actuality of how it all happened and which guys have ended up where. So as expected, the first guy for Auburn off the board was Derek Hall. He ended up going second round to the Seattle Seahawks. Into the third round, we saw Tank Bigsby get drafted by the Jaguars. Fourth round, Colby Wooden to the Packers. Fifth round, Owen Papo to the Cardinals. And sixth round, kind of expected to be an undrafted free agent, but he snuck into the sixth round. The Packers drafted Anders Carlson. Very exciting. Um, And then as far as undrafted free agents that have since signed with a team, Ekuliota with the Panthers. Again, just if he had stayed one more year, I just every time I, I end up saying that. Offensive lineman Brandon Council to the Jets, Killian Zero to the Texans, Shedrick Jackson to the Bengals, and John Samuel Shanker to the Raiders. Are we running out of time already? No, I just put the hourglass on there because we've already talked about Ecu coming back to Auburn. Yeah, I know. So many times it has I when I was about to do it again today. So I just said, let me just put the hourglass and just <laughs> <laughs> we can't mention it again after the hourglass runs out. We can't mention it again after the hourglass runs out. See how much time you got left. Okay. All right. That. Well, just I, a guy that shouldn't have been an undrafted free agent because of his talent level and his ability to play high caliber football. That's all I'm saying. But nonetheless, that's how all of our guys fared in this year's NFL draft. Kind of give me your overall thoughts and if any specifically stood out to you in terms of good fit, surprises, just kind of your overall draft analysis for the Tigers. I tell you what, I, I thought the draft went really well for us based off our last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had two losing seasons in a row. And like I said, to still have this many guys drafted, uh, you know, means that hopefully we're getting the right talent. We're headed in the right direction moving forward. But you do want to see a lot of Auburn guys get drafted. You know, it's been a tough sledge here uh, over the last couple of years. And yeah. and to, to see, you know, Derrick Hall go to Seattle, I think fits Pete Carroll's uh, defense. Um, mm-hmm. And he's underneath a great coach. I think that's going to pay dividends for his career. Yeah. Um, you know, Tate Bisbee going to Jacksonville, you know, being in a tandem, a backfield tandem with uh, Ente, uh that they got from Clemson in the first round last year. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to carry a lot of weight on your own. Kobe Wooten, uh, you know, I thought him getting picked up by Green Bay, 
Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Green Bay, I know he's not going to like the cold, but uh, he's going he's gonna to be part of a franchise that Fair. is very running well, uh, you know, despite all the chaos between Aaron Rodgers and them over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But most part, that is a franchise that has always been running completely well. Yeah. Um, when you think about Owen, even missing a whole year before with the injuries to get mm-hmm. drafted in the fifth round out to Arizona. And I don't know if you got a chance to see his call uh, and everything. I kind of went back and watched a lot of guys when they got the call. Yeah. Auburn did a really good job of uh, covering that aspect of it, letting people see the behind the scenes, uh, to see Owen uh, be excited and ecstatic, all the support that he had to go to Arizona. Uh, we'll be playing in the same division as Derek Hall uh, in that NFC West. So they'll yeah. see each other twice a year at least. Um, you talk about the kicker. <laughs> hey, you know, Carson, thank your brother. You know, your brother's yeah. kicking very well at Oakland. I mean, in Las Vegas. And I think people understand that, hey, this is a kid that can really kick the football. He just mm-hmm. had a rough year because of the ACL injury that right. he had. And he didn't want to miss time, so he kept trying to kick with it. And I tell everybody that plant leg is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he couldn't – when he was missing some of those kicks, I said it got a lot to do with his plant leg. So mm-hmm. I think they'll get a good kicker there. So – Overall, uh, happy for the guys got drafted. Uh, like I said, we talk about Echo Leota. I got this much time to talk about that. Uh, you know, we tried to talk him in about coming back to Auburn and everything, yeah. the reasons why. And this is just because we've seen it before. It's not something that you just pull out of our hat. You know, I've right. seen guys that had the talent before. You know, Robert Johnson, I can come to mind, that played mm-hmm. with me back in the day, a really, really good tight end. But just one more year at Auburn, he's probably a second round draft pick, a third round draft pick the next year. Yeah. And but he had people in his ear telling him, like, no, you can come out now, you'll be a second, third round pick. They did. But I was just like, but when when someone come to you and they say, Well, we have you in the range between fifth and seven on average, then you have to really pay attention to those numbers. Yeah. And and not think that you can just blow someone's mind and change it. So he ended up going undrafted and uh, he ended up making a few teams and, and played a few years, but what it's like to get that cushion up front though, Taylor, you know, you get right. drafted, you get that signing bonus. That's a huge difference instead of trying to claw your way onto a team, basically without a big signing bonus, but now Very you're true. trying to find time to get years in to build retirement. So, you know, I, I hope he makes it. He's a pure talent. I think uh, being in, in Carolina with Derek Brown will help mm-hmm. him, even though him and Derek wouldn't get at Auburn, but to have yeah. another Auburn guy there, I think will help him. Real quickly, before we get off the draft, what team would you say had the most efficient draft? Obviously, Ooh. on night one, a, a quick trade by the Texans to get back-to-back yeah. picks. I, I was really impressed getting C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson back-to-back, like two guys that I just think are really going to make a splash in the league. Uh, yeah, I tell you, it's, it's draft is always an interesting night. Um, you know, we both talked about – one of the quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson or Will Levy, you know, mm-hmm. one of them falling out of the top 10. Uh, you know, Will Levy fell out of the first round and, uh, you know, ended up being the first pick in the second round to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, the other aspect I would probably say Houston, I really like what D'Amico Ryans did. He mm-hmm. understands that, hey, I got to have a trigger guy who's my quarterback first. But like we were talking about, they hadn't talked about a quarterback this whole entire time. And most of it has always been about the defense. You know, they've been interviewing a lot of defensive guys. And we said on this show that, hey, they're doing that as a shout, as a smoke screen. I said, there's Mm -hmm. no way that they don't take one of those quarterbacks if they're sitting there at number two. I said, you got to take a quarterback. 
Yeah. So, and that's exactly what they did. They already had it in mind. Well, hey, if Scroud go first, we're taking Young. If Young go yeah. first, we're taking Scroud. So there's no need for us to interview them. So they would have had to interview the defensive guys because they had a plan to move up to number to three. three. And yes. when they moved up to number three, they went and got their guy, Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. And uh, and reason they like Will Anderson, he's his character is really great. He's a great football player. They understand he drew a lot of double teams this year. Yeah. That's going to happen in the NFL. But if he got a good other guys around him, he won't get as many double teams. He'll be able to be right. singled up and have that big year like he had his sophomore year. Um, and everything. So, but I thought the true winners of the draft, man, it, it's crazy that I'm saying this, is Philadelphia. Um, okay. You know, these guys just continue to just load up on winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like Philadelphia Bulldogs North because they get everybody <laughs> from Georgia. Georgia. And, uh, and you can tell like this guy in the, it's so crazy. Their GM is from Florida, graduated from Florida. Oh, so, I didn't yeah, realize. And he's drafting all these Georgia guys. Yeah. And but you can tell he has an SEC bias. Like mm-hmm. he knows the conference is tough. He knows the kind of players he's getting in this conference. And, right. he's looking at, and he's looking at Georgia's defense. Like, okay, for the last two years, they have been the best defense in college football. Mm-hmm. So he's going over there and saying, okay, if I can go pull some of these guys from the same team and put them together, now we have chemistry. Mm-hmm. That's instant chemistry, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what they're building over there. Like their depth is crazy. I don't understand. I don't know how they don't make it back to the Super Bowl next Agreed. year. Or the NFC, uh, the AFC is the tough part, but the NFC is is really good. I was shocked by the Jets, though. Okay, you made the trade for Aaron Rodgers, uh-huh. and you didn't do a whole lot in the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and here it goes again, where they feel like they get the top quarterback, but then not understanding Aaron's won one Super Bowl in what nineteen years. Yeah. But you still need to have a supporting cast mm-hmm. who you are. So, you know, they'll still have a good team, but I don't know how they help themselves in the draft. It it kind of makes you wonder, like we talked about when the Rodgers news broke, are they going to try and bring some of his familiar veteran pieces over with him, kind of like Tampa did with Tom Brady? Yeah, I, I can definitely see that um, in terms of, of their draft approach on the heels of, of one of the biggest NFL trades in quite some time. So, but nonetheless, it was an exciting draft as it always is a lot of really special moments in the green room with families and, and the videos of, of the den and getting the phone call, like those, those really never get old, really, really special. So congrats to all the guys that saw that dream realized and, Looking forward to seeing all of them play at the next level. So, but as for college ball, that never sleeps either. And this coaching staff has been hard at work, really diving into the transfer portal as the spring window closed and all of the guys that would have entered the portal had to be in. Uh, Then you get to work on, on the guys that still are in there, which ones you're adding to. And let's start with the big one, Jay, because we got a quarterback and Auburn fans have been waiting for that. And I do feel like this guy was sort of under the radar in terms of being tied to Auburn. Like we we've heard so many names and who potentially this staff was targeting and even names that weren't necessarily in the portal, but would be a good fit for Auburn if they choose to enter. And then this situation comes to fruition and all of a sudden Michigan state grad transfer Peyton Thorne heads to the plains. And what, experience level this guy has playing obviously within the power five but he's been their starter this isn't a backup situation he comes in with 49 career touchdown passes 25 starts 
He was one of the Big Ten's most efficient quarterbacks during the Spartans' 11-win season in 2021. Uh, He actually broke Kirk Cousins' program record for passing touchdowns in a season with 27 that year. Now, last year, the the team as a whole, as as well as Peyton, kind of took a step back. He was injured very early in the season and played through injury last season, the team ultimately going five and seven. But for his career, he comes to Auburn, 61% passer with 6,493 yards, and he's got experience running an RPO, which we know is what Hugh Freeze and Phil Montgomery want to do in this system. And if you look at any of the comments, former teammates and, and any feedback that comes, what is also mentioned about this guy is his leadership. And we have talked about that element and how for Auburn, it hasn't necessarily been, you know, the focal leadership point for the team hasn't necessarily been the quarterback at Auburn in quite some time. So I think Hugh Freeze definitely took character into consideration when he was looking for his QB. So um, also news at the quarterback position that absolutely no one is surprised by is that TJ Finley has officially entered the transfer portal in spring as a grad transfer. So that news is officially out. Jay's expression. (laughs) We all expected it was coming. It is what it is. So now the quarterback room will be Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford, Holden Gariner, and Hank Brown, the newest and youngest. So that's how that looks. Give me your thoughts, Jay. What do you know about this guy? What do you expect now that the room looks like this? We expected him to go out and get a quarterback, um, you know, and add to this, add to this room. Uh, the one thing about it, we knew TJ, we've talked about this before, that he was probably going to transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't know in the beginning, you know, he came back in the spring, you know, if he was still going to be there. You right. know, So it's kind of shocked to a lot of people that even when he got involved with spring ball, that he was still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we thought from a, from a perspective that he was already moving on and the team was moving on. Yeah. But anytime you get a new regime, you know, everyone wants to kind of see first for themselves. You know, is this a guy that can – fit our system if this is a guy that can you know that can still stick around with the new with the new staff but right you know the only thing about that though he, he takes snaps away from other guys yeah and, uh, it could be more snaps for holding Gurner. it could be more snaps for you know robbie ashford uh you know during this whole spring and everything you know going back and forth trying to figure out which one of those guys can uh can take the lead role True. but now that you know tj's kind of you know he's moved on uh, I think now that you bring in a guy like Peyton Thorne, who's a guy that's been a two-year starter at Michigan State, you know, a guy that, you know, you talk to a lot of people in the Big Ten and a lot of people, uh, his peers, you know, they talk about, you know, the type of person that he is, the leadership qualities that he have. And I think that's what Coach Freeze is looking for, you yeah. know, uh, the the coming to this locker room is to have that guy that knows how to galvanize his teammates and know how to make things about the team. And, mm-hmm. uh and how to, you know, go out there and lead by example, as well as, you know, having a guy with experience in the RPO game, as you say it, because the RPO game is very, very critical in today's game. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to make your offense go, you got to be able to, to, to dissect all of it, but know when to hand that ball off, when to pull it and make the pass, uh, when it gets you out of certain uh, bad plays that, that, that you know from experience is not going to work. And uh, so that's a lot of it that deals with the quarterback. Uh, when you look at a guy like Peyton Thorne, he's an accurate passer. Uh, you know, he's a guy that can keep you on the field on third downs because, you know, he can deliver the ball on time and and get those accurate throws and and everything. And you think about the guys that's coming in with him, you know, you, you think about the burden kid from Ohio State, the receiver. 
you know, now ever since you got in Peyton Thorne, now you're hearing noise about the Coleman kid may come with him. That's his mm-hmm. teammate at Michigan State, you know, may or may not. But then you're hearing about the Craig kid from Colorado, that receiver joining him. Mm-hmm. Where before you weren't hearing about a lot of receivers wanting to join because they wasn't sure about Who's the passing me the ball. Yeah. Passing situation here at Auburn. And yeah. that's just, you know, and it is what it is. Yes, can Robbie improve as a passer? Yes, you can always improve as a passer. But kids that are making decisions or making decisions based on what they've seen last season mm. and uh, and everything. So I think this uh, this move really heightened the locker room. It really heightened the guys uh, that's ready to play mm-hmm. uh, to know that there, there's someone there that with experience. And most importantly, Taylor, it gives depth at the position. You know, if Thorne ended up being the guy, then Robbie has some experience. I'm sure, sure they'll still sprinkle him in there and utilize his abilities in certain situations yeah. and plays. But he's a guy with experience. It's something you're always one play away, knock on wood. Uh, if you have Holden Gurner, who's still a lot of people want to kind of like see what this kid has, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as well. So, you know, it adds much needed room, depth, and leadership to that position that is much, much needed. And I feel like it's it's a transfer addition that, you know, with that experience level comes more credibility than any transfers we've added in. No disrespect to TJ and Robbie, the two most recent quarterback transfers, but they both came in with minimal playing experience at the college level, minimal starting experience for sure. They were essentially both backups. Robbie had never played in a college game and TJ just a few situations here and there at LSU. So this guy comes in with two years as a starter at a program like Michigan State that, like I said, two years ago had an 11 win season. I believe they went to a New Year's Six Bowl. So he comes in with a better resume than any of the quarterback transfers we've added in the last few years. So I think that gives you more excitement, absolutely, for what the room could look like. And tail as old as time, it's going to level up the guys around him. There's no way it doesn't. I don't think that Robbie has really been threatened by competition thus far. And now maybe threatened isn't the right way, but I think you wake up a little bit. I don't think the the job feels like yours anymore because you've got this guy coming in that literally has led a team in the Big Ten, which has become, you know, a, a solid conference in college football to high levels. And and last year certainly wasn't the the showing that it was the year before, but he's got more experience than, you know, what some of the competition has had when they came in, Robbie included. So I think that this elevates everyone. I think that this challenges everyone. And I think for the fan base, you really are excited about the potential to come. And I I was reading a lot about kind of what this offense is expected to look like. And when you look at what Phil Montgomery has been and has done, maybe the wins and losses don't necessarily get you hype. But, and we know that Hugh Freeze is essentially handing a lot of responsibility, offensive decision making to Phil Montgomery. When you look at what he did at Tulsa and what kind of his identity has been, and then obviously they've been outspoken about wanting to be RPO heavy. Like Phil Montgomery has always been very clear in his offensive identity and what he does and what you what you know the team wants to do. Right. And and it is kind of pound the football. They're, they want to run the football. They want to hand it off. And they want to sprinkle in play action pass to make it more effective. That is going to be efficient if you've got the personnel to do it. And I think they absolutely have that in the backfield. This group of running backs is insane. 
and they've invested in the offensive line. So you feel confident about that. And you've got a guy like Robbie who you can put in with packages like that to make that thing go. But you need that guy that can open up the passing game and mix in that play action pass so that we're not as predictable as we have been in the past. Peyton Thorne could be that. And so if you add in all these pieces, like you said, we're bringing in an Ohio State target who adds speed to the outside, this thing starts to take shape a lot quicker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I listened to a lot of analysts this weekend, this week, after they've seen a lot of the Auburn moves and everything, you know, this is a team now that is on everyone's radar to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying that we are being a national championship next year, not putting that kind of pressure on our team. Yeah. But to just say we're going to be very, very competitive, they have an opportunity. You get Georgia and Alabama coming to Jordan Hare this year. You know, mm-hmm. now you got to win the tough games on the road. You got to go to LSU. You got to go to Texas AM. You got to go to Arkansas. Uh, you got to go out to California first. You know, all those type of games are, are critical games, but you get those big, the two big powerhouses for the last couple of years at home. Mm-hmm. So you really don't know what the season can really shape up. So there should be a ton of excitement around this program this year, like because this is going to be a lot of new faces. It's a new beginning. It feels like, mm-hmm. because when is the last time we signed relevant offensive linemen? Relevant. You know, good, good you know way to like, put it. Like we've signed SEC style offensive linemen, you know, yeah. and, and everything. We're now nine deep at that position. So which you need to be nine or 10 deep every year at that position because how physical it is up front. So, mm-hmm. you know, and we add another one this week, you yep. know, uh, from Tulsa, you know, we, we get another offensive lineman. So, and I'm pretty sure he's going to come in and probably play somewhere between his guard positions uh, and everything to get Jeremiah Wright coming off of injury. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves him. His energy <laughs> is just contagious. You know, this yeah. guy is all over the field. So I'm excited about this group that we have, and I'm excited about what they're going to bring to the table. And you already talked about the running backs, what they're going to do. And now let's add to this receiving court, Camden Brown. Yeah. Then you already got Nick Martin from Cincinnati. Then you already got Javaris Johnson. You already got Corey Moore. You already got Corey Moore. Yeah. And now you're adding, you know, this burden kid from Ohio State. If you know anything about Ohio State, once the one thing they recruit is receivers. Yeah. This kid was good enough to sign and play at Ohio State. And he had undisclosed injury his first year. The reason he couldn't play. Mm. Now he's transferring into Auburn with four years left. Like, he just got a solid player. And then the thing about Peyton Thorne is, he's not just a one-year guy. So he could have two years because of the COVID year. It's one more year of that. So he gets an opportunity to build sitting the caller for two years. So that could be chemistry built. True. Why you have the highly touted kid that's already committed to Auburn in the quarterback to sign this year in December mm-hmm. 2023. So he right. comes in his first year. He's not immediately having to touch the field, mm-hmm. kind of learn. And then once he becomes a starter, he could possibly be a four-year starter. So this thing is starting to take shape like it should be where you have guys that are ready to perform now, but then you have guys waiting in the wings that's going to be ready to perform once that once that group leaves off. And we haven't had that. It's been a big fall off. That's know, so true. So now we're building it to like, okay, one lead, one replaces. Yeah. That's how it has to be. 
and growing within. Like, I think there's so much value to that. Guys kind of starting with the program, getting to witness development of older guys, maybe even a bit of a quarterback competition, and then being more equipped when your time comes. It kind of goes back to like the typical way of, of recruiting and stuff when transfer portal wasn't the case. I think at the quarterback position in particular, it's so valuable for them to have that experience, to grow within the program. But a lot of that is also coaches' continuity. And we also have not been in that situation. And I mean, look, when I when I look at what this coaching staff has done since being hired and brought in, I, it just reiterates how problematic the last two years at Auburn were. Like, I, I really think we all knew when we were in it, but now that we're on the other side and we're seeing this coaching staff is, has already gotten this thing back to 78 scholarships being utilized. They're up to 16 transfer additions. And like you said, relevant transfer additions, guys with experience and with credibility and, and with potential. And it already feels like Auburn football again, you know? And so I think it just, it brings another light to how wrong the last couple of years were. It was brutal. It just goes yeah. to show you that the, the effort wasn't there. Not at know, all. And going out and getting the right type of people. It does hurt you as an Auburn person that the millions that we that we've just kind of thrown away, mm-hmm. you know, over the last, you know, two years because the fact that someone didn't buy into the program from mm-hmm. the start and, mm-hmm. uh, and the effort wasn't there. But now to see the effort being put where it's supposed to be and someone that shows that they want to be here, not for short term, but this is where they want to be completely. Exactly. See that. So, and we're getting good character guys. We're getting yeah. guys that fit Auburn. We're getting guys that fit the attitude, the mindset, believe in hard work, believe in being great teammates, believe mm-hmm. in pushing each other, encouraging each other, you know, and, and sometimes you have to, you know, wing out some of the ones that, you know, are, are bad apples. Don't fit that. Yeah. If you want to have, have a successful program. And uh, so, you know, we'll see how this thing continues to keep transpiring. We love it. Expectations are that Peyton Thorne will be on campus within the week to kind of get acclimated and get started. What is this time of year like for the players? We we yeah. talk so much about what the coaches are up to, but obviously you, you got a while before summer and even fall camp start. Mm-hmm. So what is this time of year other than finals? Woof. What are they kind of up to at this point? Yeah, most of them have already taken their finals. Graduation was this past weekend. So uh, most of the guys are at home right now. You know, okay. This is their time to go home and they get basically three and a half weeks off. Uh, they typically come back uh, the Monday, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Gotcha. Uh, so, and that Tuesday, they usually start workouts. So, uh, and it's full force there until you get another break. And the end of July, you get about two weeks off before you come back to start training camp and uh, getting ready for the fall season. So they have two breaks. One is now, and then the other will be two weeks before the season starts. So this is a critical time because a lot of guys, it's not time to go home and pack yourselves up with peanut butter jelly sandwiches and, you know, sit on the <laughs> couch and play, they play Fortnite and, and you know, video games all day. Like, <laughs> you know, this is a time for you to be outside working out still too. Go up early in the morning, get your workouts in. Uh, what I always say, what what you do when no one's watching is the key to your mm. success. You know, it's either going to show that you've been working or you haven't been working. So those guys have been working. Once they get back, our strength coach is not going to take any slight. He's going to put them out there and start working out. And he's going to see who was doing something these last three and a half weeks. Oh, and those true. guys usually cramping up a lot or pulling a calf or a hamstring. <laughs> that means your butt was probably playing video games and just 
eating yeah. whatever. You haven't mm-hmm. been working out and putting yourself in shape. So this is a critical time for a lot of guys while you're away to make sure yeah. you're staying. Because Taylor, you get a booklet when you leave. They give you a booclet and it tells you all your workouts in there, what to do on a daily wow. basis. So you have your workouts. I wish I would have kept some of mine back when I was playing. I know, that would be cool. So I could utilize them now. You know? oh, and that. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. You know, tell the woman to show up. But no, I want to utilize them. <laughs> it would be good to, to have one of those. Yeah. So they have a booklet to go by and okay. it also has nutrition in there, like what they should be eating and not gotcha. eating. So, um, you know, which can be really hard because I remember when I used to go back home in Mississippi, no matter when I was in the pros, I tell Ooh. my mom I couldn't eat and she cooked it anyways. So I'm not going to sit there and just look at it. I just eat it and just go do another workout after. Exactly. So, I mean, come on, Southern mamas, they're not going to not cook for you. Yeah. I'm like, mom, I don't need no grits and butter and all that stuff today. You know, I'm good. She's uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, going next morning, biscuits, grits, bacon. It's not gravy. <laughs> Everything, you know, afternoon. Hey, well, I don't want no desserts, pound cake. Yeah. Pie, I just like so everything I say it was always the opposite and she totally. listens to our episode so she's probably gonna be like calling me after the fact but <laughs> it's true you know so I would have to work out it's tough because I couldn't say you know if a woman's in the kitchen and she's preparing a hot meal you who are you to it. say no and it, you don't get those home-cooked meals often you only get three right. weeks of a break you know that's tough <laughs> uh well real quickly before we close this episode out Give you a quick update on baseball and softball who begin the SEC tournament, like you mentioned at the top of the show. They finished their regular season alone in third place in the final regular season SEC standings, which gives them a first round bye in the SEC tournament. So games are happening today. I'm sure they're on as we speak, but the first time Auburn plays will be tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. and they will face the winner of LSU versus Ole Miss. So best of luck to the girls. They finish the season the regular season, 39 and 16 overall, 15 and nine in the SEC. And the last time they finished that well was the year they made it to the Women's College World Series Championship. So just throwing that fun fact out there. Yeah, I had a chance to talk to Bree Ellis this morning. Um, okay. And uh, Bree Ellis, you know, is our slugger. You know, mm-hmm. she's our hitter. She won the Louisville Slugger Award earlier this year uh, for her .714 hitting at that time. <laughs> And then she also had the SEC period. So, you know, most teams like to walk her. But, you know, when she does get a chance to put to put the bat to the ball, you know, she's bringing in some runs. So, yeah. you know, so in, in Penta, like like you said, I expect her to be SEC pitcher of the year, if yeah. not player of the year. Um, you know, she's expected to pitch in the first game um, tomorrow. She's mm-hmm. expected to pitch. And then – it kind of shapes up for us. Yes, we're on the same side as Georgia, who's the two seed. And if you can win to beat the winner of the LSU Ole Miss game with Maddie mm-hmm. at, at pitcher, yeah. and if you can find a way to to get Georgia, then you lace yourself back up to have a chance in a championship round against maybe number one ranked Tennessee. I mean, number one Tennessee seeded uh, to to win this thing and uh, to position yourself now for the national NCAA tournament. So, you know, this is a definitely a – I was talking to the girls this morning, and they are in Arkansas. They was on a bus. They traveled mm-hmm. yesterday. And so I got a chance to talk to them today when they was at Arkansas and going to practice this morning and everything. And they talked about playing with a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel like that they haven't been heard enough about. They feel like no one's really talking about them. Everyone is talking about, you know, everybody else but them. So 
Brie Ellis has said that this is a, a definitely a chip on their shoulder and uh, that they're taking into this tournament and, and moving forward. Auburn tends to do well when they play like that. And that's in yeah. like all sports. That yeah. may just be an Auburn thing. Yeah. All right. I, I think so. That's why I told her, I said, Hey, typically that's when Auburn really shows up and shows out. And yeah. I'm pretty sure you'll get to this nest on the baseball thing. We'll talk about that, but it's typically when they show up and show out is yeah. when their bats are against the wall or they're not being recognized or respected as mm -hmm. much. Yeah. And that's typically goes in our favor because you don't get comfortable. You know, exactly. you, you keep playing with that push and that edge. And I think that's what this team is taking into this tournament. 100%. And baseball has absolutely personified that in the past few weeks. The last we spoke, they had kind of gotten into a slump. And Butch Thompson said, like, we have to fix it now. If we're going to do yeah. anything, if we're going to have any chance at postseason, there's no more time for growth. There's no more time for adjustment. You do it now or never. And good gracious, did they listen? Because then they had back-to-back -back series wins over two of the SEC's best in South Carolina, which was in Columbia, and then came home to knock off number one LSU, which included a 12-2 run rule win on Sunday. Casey Howell had two triples and five RBI in that game. Uh, last night, they were slated to play Samford. Unfortunately, that game had to be canceled because of weather in the area. It will not be made up. So the next time that the team plays is this weekend in Oxford against an Ole Miss team that has really struggled this season on the heels of a Cinderella national championship season last year. It's crazy how that happens in baseball. Similar thing happened to Mississippi State a couple years ago. So really interesting how that goes. But they will head to Oxford for a three-game three set with Ole Miss this week. Uh, they'll have another midweek game next week. I can't remember who. And then a weekend series with Missouri. So if this team can close out strong and get into the tournament, Butch also said before the Columbia series, anything that we do now has to be some sort of credible win. And South Carolina and LSU are credible series wins. I mean, those are two of the conference's best. So he was saying for anyone to give any sort of weight to anything we do now on, it has to be against caliber teams like that, and they've done it. So if they can kind of continue that momentum through the stretch, I mean, this team just continues to fight tooth and nail, and it is definitely the personality of Butch Thompson personified in his team. Yeah, have you ever heard Butch speak? I'm sure you have. Yes, like, I, he's he, one of my favorites. Yeah, he knows how to draw a room. He knows how to get the best out of his players. He knows how to inspire young men and to get the best effort out of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, like Auburn is not like Georgia. Georgia is like a lottery state, so they get a chance to get full baseball scholarships, where in Auburn, in the state of Alabama, it's not. So they only can get partial baseball scholarships. So then, you know, that's why NIL is so important, mm -hmm. you know, to that baseball program to help the kids play for the rest of their scholarship to, to make them want to come to Auburn. Yeah. Uh, the other aspect of it is that he's getting a lot of guys that love Auburn if uh, and want to be there because – you're choosing to come to a place to give you a partial scholarship and everything, but you know, you can help find them help once they're there to help get them to that level to pay for their scholarship. But at the mm -hmm. same time though, to sit in a kid's room and to tell them, Hey, you're going to get a partial scholarship. That means that this kid wants to be at Auburn. So, so when true. they come to Auburn, they're going to play hard. That's why this team has that tenacity about them to nations about them that they don't, um, they don't flinch. It's because, mm -hmm. 
they've been recognized as the comeback kids mostly this year. <laughs> and, you know, I talked to Case and Howe earlier and I asked him, I said, Case, and I said, what game was it to you guys that that changed your season? It's always that one game that say, hey, we can get going. And he talked about the comeback win against Georgia Tech and yeah. uh, how that was one of the games they felt like that kind of got them going. And and everything. Of course, they had one against Mississippi State a few weeks ago, which was very huge. They was down mm-hmm. seven runs, and they come back and win that game. And uh, Friday night, you lose to LSU three to zero, and then you come back Saturday, which I was in attendance on Saturday, and it's at least mm-hmm. about ten thousand people there because it was people up in the parking deck on wow. top, you know, people all in the back in the, mm-hmm. on the out, around the outfield, and plus it was graduation weekend, so people was oh, coming right. from graduation over to the game. Yep. So. You know, it was just a lot happening in Auburn this past weekend. And, you know, that team came out against LSU on that Saturday. And 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 LSU kind of hit them in the mouth a little bit early. And, and they got up on them early. I think it was like 3-1 to one or 4-1. to one. But then Auburn fought themselves back and ended up winning that game 8-6. to six. And then yeah. the next night they win on Sunday to close it out. So you're talking about beating the number one LSU team who is loaded with pitchers and stud hitters. I'm talking about how you get the ACC player of the year last year from North Carolina State to LSU. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. And then you look at, uh, then you look at South Carolina, the go to South Carolina and win that game. Mm -hmm. You went to Mississippi State, who's another powerhouse when it comes to like loving baseball. In fact, they set the record this past weekend for 16,000 fans at a baseball game. Golly. So baseball in the SEC is like at a whole nother platform, a whole it nother is. level. And I talked to Kaysen about Ole Miss getting hot last year. And he kind of say, yeah, it's kind of similar, like what we're kind of doing right now. Yeah. You know, is, is we're finally putting a bat to the ball. We're finally, our young guys are finally growing up and making a lot of those mature plays now. And we're staying away from a lot of errors and different things. So, you know, this is a team that, um, you know, they're getting hot at the right time. I hate they didn't get a chance to play the Sanford game. I always like to keep playing when you're in that yeah. mode. Uh, but I think it's a big weekend at Ole Miss this week. And um, I think you can come out of this one successful and get yourselves ready for SEC. I don't think they're on the bubble anymore. I think when you get the back-to-back teams, you shouldn't be on the bubble. Right. So, you know, I, I think that weight is off their chest. But yeah, you know, but you don't want to blink and and drop one of these two that very much right. should be yours to close out the regular season. Right. So, but very excited for both of those programs. Like you said, golf regionals are upon us as well. So we will keep our eyes and ears open to all of that news and make sure we keep you updated along the way. So that's going to do it for us today on Believe in Everything Auburn. Thank you so much for listening and following along as you guys do. Make sure you share us with your friends on your social media, tag us, plug us, whatever you got. Uh, Subscribe if you haven't already. You'll get a notification every time we release an episode. We are also on Believe's YouTube channel if you would like to watch. This is another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn presented by Bet Online. Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell, we greatly appreciate you guys listening and following along until we talk again. War Eagle. Yeah, War Eagle and enjoy some time on the lake. Oh, good call. Everyone do that. I'll be at another wedding. Cheers. Peace. Gosh. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.